0: it is good to be here with you today i am glad to see each of you um, and for those of you that i can't see i hope you know that i am thrilled that you have chosen to join us today as well um, as pastor wade mentioned my name is kim Wisecup, and i am one of the pastors along with pastor wade here um, and it is such a joy and honor to be here and to have the chance to share scripture and some thoughts with you today. And so I invite you now to turn your attention to the Gospel of Luke and the story of 10 men. 10 men who were separated from the rest of their communities and 10 men who were in need of healing. I'm reading from chapter 17 verses 11 through 19. Hear now these words. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with a skin disease approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, last week, my husband, Tim, traveled to Florida to help our older daughter weather her first hurricane in Florida, Um, and so while he was down there, my daughter, Alyssa, and I were at home together, just the two of us, and so I tried to make this time extra special for her. I called this our girls' week. We did all kinds of things that she likes to do. We played games, we went to a play, we watched some of the the shows and movies that she likes, we made brownies, and we generally just hung out together and just had fun being together. There was nothing extraordinary about the week, but it was special nonetheless. And at one point during the week, We were sitting at the dining room table, and she just stopped. She paused there in the middle of whatever it was we were doing at the time, and she turned to me, and she said, Thank you, Mommy. I love you. It was out of the blue. It was unprompted. It was unexpected. But something in that moment, it had touched her so deeply that she was moved to say something. She wanted to celebrate that moment. And as she said those words, thank you, Mommy. I love you. I could see how important my presence was to her. I could see the love that we share. I didn't do any of those things that week because I needed or wanted her gratitude. I did them all because I love her. But to hear her say, thank you, mommy, and know that that was coming from this deep place in her heart, it strengthened the bond between the two of us. And I've got to tell you that this mom's heart was bursting open in those moments. And all I could say in response to her was, I love you too, sweetheart. I love you so much. And as I looked at the scripture that you just heard this week, I've been wondering a little bit if that's how Jesus felt in this story and if That's how Jesus feels every time we offer our authentic thanks and praise to him. Praise from the heart. In the scripture, we hear how Jesus is traveling on his way to Jerusalem through an area between Samaria and Galilee. And it's a reminder of how Jesus is always crossing borders. And as he's traveling, he encounters these 10 men who have been separated from their communities because they were all suffering from skin diseases. And those skin diseases were greatly feared at that time. But not only were they greatly feared at that time, people who had these skin diseases were considered ritually unclean. And this meant that the men were not considered pure enough to fully participate in the life of the faith community. And because of that, they often lived in full isolation, away from their homes, away from their communities, and away from even feeling the touch of a loving family member. They were considered outcasts and outsiders, and they were forced to live in this painful and lonely existence. And so it's not surprising to hear that they were looking for relief for healing on that day. In many ways, this story is, so, is like so many of the other healing stories we hear about in the Bible, People come to Jesus, he heals them, and then he sends them off with a command, either do this or don't do this. And in this story, that's what we have. The men see Jesus, they see him from a distance, and they call out to him and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus does. He tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And to us, this may seem like a really odd command, but at that time, the priests would have been the ones to certify that the skin disease was gone and that these men were clean enough and pure enough that they could resume their normal relationships and life. And so what Jesus does is he sends them back to the priests, And in doing so, he sends them back to their lives and to their communities. And what scripture tells us is that as they journeyed back, they were cleansed. All ten were healed. But what's different about this story and what sets this story apart from some of the other stories is the fact that it offers us some important lessons about what a deep faith, what a life of deep faith looks like. Jesus offers this twist at the end of the story. He heals them and then sends them on their way, but one turns back. And it's important not to miss the fact that the one who turns back is even more of an outsider than the rest. He's a foreigner from Samaria. And you may remember from the story of the Good Samaritan that Samaritans were generally despised at that time by people of the Jewish faith, and they were considered inferior. And so this twist that the story offers the fact that it was a Samaritan is such a wonderful reminder that often the people we exclude, often the people that we ignore, are the very ones who can teach us the most about faith and about love. This Samaritan, this man who was doubly marginalized, sees that he was healed and he recognizes what a miracle this is. He turns back out of the blue, unprompted and unexpected. He turns back to say thank you and to praise Jesus. And he lays himself at Jesus' feet in gratitude. And Jesus responds by asking, Weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Ten are cleansed, but only one returns to say thank you and to truly acknowledge the incredible gift that he had received. Now often when I look at any story in scripture, the very first question I ask myself is who do you identify with in this story? And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing today. As you think about this story and you think about your life, are you one of the nine or are you the one who turns back? I suspect that many of us, and I include myself in this statement, have moments of being both. I want, I want desperately to be the one. I want to be the one who lives with a constant attitude of gratitude. The one praising God for the many ways that God has worked in my life and for the amazing love and grace that is poured out. But I'm gonna confess that more times than I'd like to admit, I am one of the nine. I receive God's gifts, but I don't always offer the praise and thanksgiving that I could. Now it's easy to think the worst of these men and to beat ourselves up for identifying with the nine. We don't know the tone of Jesus's questions so we often interpret it as Jesus saying look at those ungrateful men can you believe they are so thoughtless and that can raise all kinds of feelings of guilt and judgment in us but I don't think that's what Jesus would want us to take away from this story. I say that Because the truth is that the nine were trying to do what was good and right. They were trying to do what so many of us try to do, to live faithful lives. These nine, you might call them faithful. They recognized Jesus as master, as the one who could change their lives. And they called out to him for help. They called out to him by name, Jesus. That's something you don't see in many of the healing stories. And they used the term master. And if you look through scripture, you won't find that term being used very often by anyone but the disciples. These nine, they believed in Jesus. They had faith in him. They believed in him so much and had so much faith in him that they left to return to the priests before they were even healed. And I want to say that again. They left before they were healed. They left trusting in Christ's power. That's what you call faithful living. And I want you to think about what these nine men did. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do, to go and show themselves to the priests. And so I would suggest to you that Jesus' questions are less about criticizing and condemning people and more of an invitation to a deeper relationship with him and an invitation to a deeper kind of healing we can call christ our savior we can believe in christ's power and we can follow him obediently and still have room for growth that tenth man The Samaritan points the way to this deeper level of growth and a deeper relationship with the one who offers each and every one of us healing. That man did something different and it helped draw him closer to Christ. He turns back to Jesus and praises and thanks him. His actions point to an even greater response to Christ's work in our lives. At the end of this passage, Jesus tells the Samaritan, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And it's interesting that the Greek word used for well in this verse, sozo, is much stronger than the word used for healing earlier in the passage. It means to be made whole or saved. And the statement, your faith has made you well, it wasn't meant to suggest that the skin disease was cured because of his faith or because he prayed. We know that sometimes we can pray and pray and pray for things. We can be thankful and count our blessings. And sometimes our physical ailments just don't go away. And I wanna be clear, that doesn't represent a lack of faith. But what that 10th man experienced and what Jesus is offering is a second, a deeper type of healing, a healing that is more than skin deep. It's a healing for our soul It's a healing that can occur even when there is no physical cure for whatever is ailing us. So what is it that separated this nine from the one? What made these healings different? The author Barbara Brown Taylor highlights the difference beautifully when she says the nine were obedient, and behaved like good lepers, like good religious people, but only one behaved like a man in love. Love is shared when we express our gratitude to God and to one another, when we express how thankful we are, and when we move closer to God and to others. just as my daughter Alyssa's words helped me get a sense of the love that we share and it strengthened the relationship and bond that we have this man's gratitude to Jesus was an act of love and it was an act that brought them closer together we're called to love the Lord with all of our hearts And what this passage reminds us and highlights is that gratitude, praise and thanksgiving are a part of that. They are something that can bring wholeness to our souls. But I wanna be careful here. Often the lesson that people take away from this passage is that they just need to say thank you more but I want to be careful that we don't reduce this passage to being something like having good manners. We've all heard stories and maybe even been there about kids being forced to write thank you notes after receiving things. Maybe we've been the ones asking them to do so, or maybe we've been the ones who have been forced to write them. And I want to say that this is not a bad practice. I'm not preaching against that this morning. But we know that those thank you notes, they don't always come from an authentic place of gratitude. Rather, they come from a place that says this is the right thing to do. The Samaritan man, he didn't turn back because it was the right thing to do. He turned around because he genuinely could not let that moment pass without saying something. He recognized what Christ had done for him. He recognized who Christ is, and he recognized who he was in Christ's eyes. He saw the love and care that Christ had for him. And that made him want to turn his life around and redirect it back to Christ. He wanted to celebrate and praise him with all he had in these moments. He was a man who didn't want to just follow Jesus' commands. He wanted Christ to know how much he cared, how much Christ meant to him, and how much he loved him. I love what scholar David Lowe's said about gratitude. He said, gratitude, it's not a command. It's an invitation, one that God never tires of making. This scripture and this man invite us to a deeper spiritual place, a place where we can find healing and peace and wholeness even in the midst of all that makes life hard. When we, like this man, can become more attuned and attentive to what God is doing within us and around us, chances are good that that praise and thanksgiving starts flowing naturally and genuinely from our hearts. And as Pastor Wade and I noted earlier in the service, we think we saw this this morning when Jenna was singing. You could see the love pouring out of your heart. When I was doing counseling during my seminary experience, there was an exercise I would have people do when they're struggling with depression and anxiety confusion, and relationship troubles. I asked them to make a list of five things for which they were grateful. And it sounds so simple, and it sounds kind of corny, but I can't tell you what a significant effect it had on people's relationships and the attitudes that they had. I wasn't asking them to ignore what was going on in their lives i wasn't asking them to pretend that everything was okay when it wasn't but there was something about looking for the gifts and the blessings in life that lifted their spirits and changed their outlook which opened to door opened the door to deep healing and so i want to invite you To consider keeping a gratitude journal like this maybe try it for a week try it for a month and see what happens it doesn't have to be fancy or long just take the time to recognize the gifts in your life and just see what happens see where that takes you i suspect the more we become aware of the blessings in our lives, the more we become aware of where God is at work, the greater the chance that we're going to turn back and that praise and thanksgiving will just start flowing. My friends, each day and each moment is a gift from God. May we make the most of each day and may we live as grateful people not just as obedient and faithful people but as people filled with such love of christ that we can't let the moment pass without sharing how much we love him and sharing that love with others amen pastor wade would you pray for us
1: it would be a delight. Let's pray together. Lord God, you are, you are our creator. You are the one who formed and shaped and knit us together. You are the one who declares that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You created us so that you may have a relationship and express love within this creation, the earth and all that is on it. You created a world in which we live out of your love for us that, that gives us the things of life to sustain us and to continue to carry us from season to season. And we were reminded of that as we find ourselves in this season that we often refer to as a season of harvest. And you know, us city folk, we don't always quite get that. But then we are reminded of the rhythm of the year and how the season of harvest is the fruit of the labor of your people cultivating the soil and toiling over the crops that your people may be sustained to plant and to grow and to harvest and and to give us rest how how can we express our gratitude And on this Sunday where we are reminded from a text of an encounter between Jesus and 10 men of the depth of gratitude. And that we are reminded that in that one, it was more than words of gratitude, but it was an expression of being in love with you. That's, That's where we want you to take us. And so as the leaves turn and fall from the trees in this autumn season, help us to embrace the changes of seasons of our own lives as a natural part of the life in which we live. And God, when we travel through these seasons that some are ups and some are downs, there are are twists and turns, there there are doubts and there are fears, there are trials and triumphs when we when we feel we're about to be ensnared by evil or destruction you love us so much that you make a way parting water that we might step over and walk safely through the obstacles of life and god you created each and every one of us, in a unique way, you molded us beautifully. And, and you, said, you said that when you molded us that way, that you did it in your image, that we bear your image to the world. And we remember that's who we are and more, simply because we belong to you. So God, help us to stand strong. Help us to be sure that winds, when winds blow fiercely, that we have the courage to walk proudly and confidently like the ones, the creatures you have created. And God, remind us that through it all, you are with us. Every moment, every step, every time, every situation, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, you are there. Too often we take that for granted as a part of, of what we expect and then we have moments like this moment today that we realize the gift of your love and your grace on us and we fall more in love with you thank you and as we write <laughs> write notes of thanks not out of obligation, but because of deep love, we pray that you would help us write notes to you of thankfulness with nothing more than our very lives. Our love for you means our love for the world that you have created. Help us make that so. And help us to live more deeply every moment of our lives in love with you in a spirit of gratitude. We ask you to do this in our lives and pray this in the name of the one who has and is the power of love in our lives and in the world, none other than Jesus, in whose name we pray.